Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number 86 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out of the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks very much for tuning in and downloading the episode. If you're a new listener to the show, thanks so much. And I hope you get something out of this episode. And um, for all the guys that have been tuning in day after day, you guys are the best. Thanks so much. Thanks for all your feedback. Thanks for getting in touch. And thanks for those uh, funny little chats we have over social media and stuff. It's all good, man. I really do do enjoy it. On today's episode, we welcome back Ben from the Strength Factory to chat about injury recovery, how to approach and best recover from a bad injury, how and when to get back into the gym, and why a professional trainer like Ben can really help you get back on the bike faster and fitter than you left it. Ben has also been very kind to give the MTB Tribe listeners 50% off their first month um, subscription to Ben's MTB program. So there's more info on that in the show notes. Just go to mtb-tribe.com or listen to the end of the episode and I'll give you some details on that. So in this episode, we get into the injury recovery thing a little bit more in depth. We chat about when to get back to the gym, how to do this correct. Can you get back before you're 100% mended from your injury? When to know to stop and how to help with diet and mindset, plus much, much more. So if you have had that time out injury in the past or you're in a recovery period from an injury or simply want to be prepared, God forbid for that day, but pop on the headphones and check it out. And I hope it doesn't hurt too much. But it's a great episode and it's close to my heart with my shoulder injury and everything else. We get into a wee bit of that. Um, So it's great to welcome Ben back onto the MTB Tribe podcast. He's an awesome dude. He knows what he's talking about and um, it just gives you straight up advice. And um, it's all good, all good to hear that stuff. Because we all need to know it. We all want to be fit. We all want to be out in the bikes enjoying ourselves. So I will let Ben do the rest of the talking and welcome Ben to the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi Ben, how you doing sir? Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. It's good to have you back on again. How's things with, with you and your world? Yeah, I'm great, thanks Gareth. It's uh, it's Friday night, my wife's out, I've just eaten a great big steak <laughs> and currently the baby monitor is silent, <laughs> so we're all good. <laughs> happy days bud, happy days. Now I've noticed on socials and stuff, um, some of your riders have been getting on podiums and things like that. How cool is that? Yeah, it's, it's a good feeling, mate. Yeah, it's uh, it's that time of year. Racing's just kicked off. And yeah, early season racing's been going well for some of the lads. And uh, yeah, there's nothing better than seeing one of my riders stood on a podium stoked. And hopefully there'll be plenty more this summer. Yeah, no, that that's good to see. It's kind of like validation of what you're doing, you know? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think I, I, think I play my part. You know, they're ultimately the ones out there taking the risk and getting off the brakes and sending it. But hopefully being fit and strong gives them the uh, the confidence to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Happy days. Now, for the listeners that haven't heard your previous podcast with us, you were on just chatting about um, your company called Strength Factory and what you do. And can you just give us a wee bit of a background just quickly and let the let the listeners know what you do? 
Yeah, for sure. So my name is Ben Plenger and I'm a performance coach working out of Bristol in southwest of England. I run the Strength Factory, which was formerly known as the Mountain Bike Strength Factory. And so these days, as well as all the mountain bikers I coach, I work with people in other action sports as well. So motocross, uh, car racing, snow, ski, snowboard, surf, anything that's kind of cool or interesting or that you might find on Red Bull TV. Um, <laughs> that's the sort of thing that, that I enjoy training people for, basically. Um, and I've been doing this now, this full-time for five years, working as a coach or personal trainer for the last nine years, um, and before that, I spent my 20s in the army for my sins. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been a good uh, a good foundation to the old training regime, anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I don't want people to think that I'm some mental drill sergeant these days. I'm pretty <laughs> pretty chilled. <laughs> you come out with the army boots in the green zone. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, because I've seen on your website you you do surfing, you do rock climbing, you do you, you train people for everything. Yeah, so like at the moment, I don't have necessarily every single sport that I'm interested in covered with someone that I'm coaching. But yeah, if someone comes to me and says, yeah, I've got to climb a mountain next year, but I'm not fit and strong enough, then yeah, I'd love to coach them. If someone says, I want to race World Cup next year, then I want to coach them. If someone just you know, works a, a nine to five and has got three kids and a mortgage and you're overweight, but you're going skiing and you want some help, then yeah, I can sort you out basically. So yeah, anyone who's doing anything interesting, adventures, action sports, adrenaline sports, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, then yeah. That's very cool. Have you had anybody come to you and say, um, I want to compete in Rampage, can you train me for that? <laughs> <laughs> we, we take, <laughs> not yet, no. I don't think, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess apart from, I guess there have been a few British Rampage competitors, actually, with Brendan and all that, but they're few and far between. But, yeah, one day I would I'd love to do work with somebody like that, but I think that watching Rampage would then become even more stressful than it is now because I yeah. spend the whole time thinking, oh, my God, what's about to happen? <laughs> Which exactly. is why it's so exciting. But if you actually knew them personally, it would be savage watching it, I think. Oh, yeah, it would be. It definitely would be. Well, that that's a good segue to what we're actually chatting about on, on uh, today's episode because we're going to be chatting about injury recovery and rehab and and stuff like that and i think it's good to chat about because i'm sure most mountain bikers can relate or have experienced some form of injury and have had to have rehab um do you see a lot of mountain bikers coming into you that have injury issues and stuff like that <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Uh, not quite as bad as the motocross riders but yes like I get people who start training with me and obviously you get your their injury history uh, and it's yeah it's the normal stuff wrists collarbones uh, maybe a concussion or you know bits and bobs like that Um, and then over the last five years with the riders that I I've been coaching plenty of them have gotten hurt over the years unfortunately Mm. and yeah wrists arms collarbones all, all the normal stuff basically um mm. so yeah so i see i see quite a bit of that stuff particularly in the summer when the ground's harder <laughs> yeah that's true uh yeah it's it's crazy isn't it and um you know it's something 
you hear a lot about training and the whole training thing now so popular in, in mountain biking and well any sport now really you know going to the gym isn't a bad word anymore for mountain bikers <laughs> um but nobody really chats about the injury side of it and the recovery and the rehab. So I'm really mm. quite excited to get into this with you this evening. Yeah, yeah. So I guess for me, well, for, for loads of people listening, it's something that if it hasn't happened to you, then there's a good chance it will. Now, <laughs> at some point, if you're riding bikes for 10 years, then at some point you're probably going to end up in A&E, okay? Uh, <laughs> which is, I don't like to be pessimistic, but it's probably true. Um, and yeah, so there's kind of three, uh, there's, sorry, there's a couple of different parts to it, really. There's first of all, you know, what can you do whilst you're fit and healthy to reduce the chances of getting injured? So it's not injury prevention, because there's not really any such thing, but injury reduction. Mm-hmm. And then there's, yeah, that, that rehab journey afterwards and then returning to sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's funny because that was one of the things I wanted to chat to you about. Um, going to the gym. Now, a lot of mountain bikers will train through the week or whatever and maybe go out at the weekends on the bike and stuff, just depending on your schedule, obviously. But do you think being stronger helps with injury prevention or just helps you bounce better you know how does that work yeah so i think that a combination of being strong and having like some actual muscle over joints and stuff in particular and also good mobility which is mobility is actually a combination of flexibility and strength so you know if you're mobile you you can put your arm in a certain position maybe and be strong in that position as well rather than flexible is just my arm can go up there or I can touch my toes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So really mobility and strength are at the heart of it. And they just let you get into different positions uh, that you may find yourself in as you hit the floor or, or get tangled up in the bike or something like that positions where if you were really restricted in your mobility or weren't very strong, there are positions that you can then support yourself in or, or absorb some energy in that position instead of just having your arm bend back over your head and pop your shoulder out or something. Do you mm-hmm. see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if somebody is very restricted, you know, I'm thinking shoulders here is the classic one. You know, if they can't lift their arms straight over their head with really good form and, and because their shoulders and upper back and chest are too tight and then, you superman over the bars then when your arms go in that position something has got to break something's got to give you know whether it's a muscle a bone tendon ligament whatever it is something's got to give basically and the stronger and more mobile you are the less likely that is to happen because the more positions are recoverable if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, and then there's just a, the very simple thing that they've been saying in rugby for years and you know, I do believe to a certain extent the muscle is the best body armor. Um, it it does protect your skeleton and your joints, um, and that's more thinking about like a direct blow. Like if you hit the floor, hit a rock, hit a tree, then yeah, you might end up with a dead leg or something. Um, but hopefully, having a bit of muscle there can protect the joint, protect the bone, and things like that. Yeah, so so that actually helps. And I suppose then the training you would do in the gym would be all geared around 
those kind of movements and being strong and those kind of movements. Um, but obviously, you don't want to be going out there like Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or something like that. Uh, no. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm training people for performance. And that starts with looking at them as an individual. And if they're restricted in their mobility and things like that, then we're going to try and work on that as part of their program um, and getting them strong. Now, some people, we do make a concerted effort to put some weight and some muscle on them, especially like young lads coming through youth, junior, uh, and even, you know, into the like early twenties, if they're naturally very lean and slim and things like that, then, you know, especially in downhill, they might benefit from having a bit more muscle mass. And so we look at diet and things as well to help with that and maybe do different sets and reps as well to help with that as well at certain times of the year. But at the end of the day, you just take that individual, see what they can do through an assessment. And then off the back of that, it then kind of informs us, right, this is what we need to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's quite apparent that because looking at Keelan Grant, who's a, an Irish rider who's in the EWS yeah, yeah. now, yeah. I see a big difference in Keelan's physique now than I did, say, 18 months ago. Okay, you know, yeah. He's put on, he's still very lean, but he's put on muscle mass, um, very strong kid, very, very fit. Um, but the training he does, you know, you can see it's, it, obviously I'm only seeing what I see on on social media and stuff. Yeah. But it's, a, it's a good split between a lot of cardio and a lot of squats and all that kind of stuff, the more power-based, you know, exercises. And he... He definitely has more muscle mass on now, but you can see that with a lot of the young kids. You know, when they make that next step, that's the way they do go. Is that something they've been told to do? Do you think? Or well, so so Keelan works with a really good coach called Chris Kilmurray um, from Point One Athletic, who also trains like Tiny Seagrave, or at least I th- he did last season. I'm fairly mm. sure he's still with him now, um, and so that would be something. To be honest, I'd imagine, I can't speak for them, but my experience of things like this is it tends to be athlete-led, you know, so maybe there's a conversation between Keelan and his coach, and I've had similar conversations where we talk through, you know, come October, November, we've had a little break, it's time to start winter training, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm not a dictator, I'm not telling the athlete or, or the amateur racer this is what we need to do. And this is, you know, like this, it's a two way conversation. And so maybe if I'm thinking it, I might suggest it. I might say, Hey, you know what do you, how do you feel about trying to pack on a bit of extra muscle this winter, you know, just to make you a bit stronger, a bit heavier and that sort of thing. How do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. And they might be like, yeah, you know, I was thinking that as well. Or they might be, Oh, you know what? I actually, feel good when I'm a certain weight and I feel I don't want to feel heavier and stuff like that and and if that's what they feel then that's what we're going to do basically so Mm. yeah yeah it's very interesting and I'm just wondering you know you as a coach would you say you know this can help with injury it can help with falling in awkward situations do you explain that to your to your clients or yeah absolutely i mean yeah. i think half for me half that battle's done if they're already sat in front of me doing a consultation like they've already kind of bought into the idea that obviously 
fit and strong equals better performance and potentially injury reduction as well. Um, and I think that, yeah, people are becoming so much better informed now about these things, about the value of strength and conditioning in mountain biking. Um, so, yeah, so I think that people don't want to get hurt. People are riding faster. The bikes are bigger. The tracks are gnarlier. And yeah, if you want to be robust and, you know, even if you're just an amateur who wants to race eight races over the summer, you know, then the stronger you are, the more, the better you'll be able to tolerate that sort of thing, regardless of crashing. Yeah. No, it's very, it's very interesting. And it's very interesting the way it has went since, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s, where, where the gym thing was almost, you know, it was almost, uh, you just weren't allowed to do that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> or it was secret training or something, so you just didn't tell anyone. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting as well, and that's one of the things that's so cool about this sport is um, just the different body types and shapes and sizes of people who are successful, you know? From, like, in downhill, like Greg Minar and Steve Pete, probably like 6'3 or something like that. They're really tall guys. And Danny Hart, Troy Brosnan at the other end of the spectrum, and, and they're all up there. They're all the best riders in the world. Mm. And then, yeah, you get some of the guys are pretty stacked and like real muscular. Other guys a bit more slight uh, in their build. And the same in enduro, you know. Obviously, everyone always looks at Richie Rude and thinks he should have an American football in his hand, not some handlebars. <laughs> And then, yeah, then you've got like Jerome Clements, who's, uh, yeah, he's like really quite a small dude, but they, mm. they can both be totally competitive at a world level. Yeah, it's, it's, sometimes the body just wants to go to its natural weight. Do you think that's true? Or? Oh, 100%. Yeah, so we, we've all got um, genetics from our parents, uh, you know, and whether it's to be tall or short or, some people are naturally more leaner or some people put on fat. Some people can put on muscle easily. Some can't. And then you've got the whole fast or slow twitch muscle fibers, which lend itself to different types of sports. So endurance sport or, or explosive, powerful sports. Uh, and so, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, you're all of that is, is in you, but then how much that kind of manifests itself is down to, the things that you're exposed to so if you're naturally uh you know gifted for endurance then 10 what tends to happen is as a teenager or at school you know you do sports and then oh you're good at endurance stuff and then when you're good at it that's kind of what you want to do isn't it if you're winning mm. stuff and and then people tend to end up in the right sports uh for their body type and things like that but that's the thing with mountain biking is certainly enduro is that it is quite a power-based sport, but you've got to have that real element of um, endurance as well. So it's, it's interesting. So I think it, you know, you have to be a bit of an all-rounder, really. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Um, certainly would suit that. Um, now, let's chat a wee bit then about injuries and what you should do and stuff as far as the gym goes. So yeah. after, after an injury, what is the first thing you should do, really? Um, should you even be thinking about gym or... I know that's a very, very wide question, depending <laughs> yeah, yeah. on your so, injury. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the answer to a lot of this is always going to be, it depends. And what I would say is that, you know, think about a, a process that you need to go through. 
okay and this is a process that i've taken and that i apply now uh, off the back of being mentored by darren roberts at red bull who's worked with the athletes and danny mccaskill and every every red bull athlete you can think of who's hurt themselves darren's helped to fix them basically mm. and he, he he's been my mentor now for a few years and there's atmp assess uh, treat manage uh, perform okay so first thing is assess it now at the start that's common sense it's you assessing it yourself what hurts have i lost range of motion i.e i used to be able to put my arm there but now i can't uh, is it swollen is it you know how much pain am i in all that sort of thing mm-hmm. and then that's going to then tell you whether you need to go to a and e in the, in the in the very acute phase or can you just wait a couple of days and go and see a physio or or another professional like that or a doctor or something like that mm-hmm. because the long term the, the quicker you can get an actual diagnosis of what's wrong then the quicker you can actually carry on the rest of that that process because otherwise you're just guessing yeah sometimes you just bash yourself it's a bit sore. A couple of days later, it's all right. But, you know, if you're in any doubt, then it's worth going to see the physio or someone and get that diagnosis. And, yeah, maybe they just say, yeah, you bashed yourself. <laughs> Wait a couple of days. Or maybe they say, oh, yeah, you need to go and get an X-ray or you need to go and get some sort of scan. Or, yes, I think you've damaged your, yeah, tendons or ligaments or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, and that's always got to be the start of the process um, rather than just trying to go and train through something or train around it yeah it, it's it's certainly in- interesting because you know we're always told no pain no gain and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, you know um, so how do you know then when you're ready to go back to the gym say Okay, yeah. So basically, let's say you you know you have actually like genuinely hurt yourself. You, you've been to see the physio. Let's say um, the next thing you need to do before you think about the gym is to actually do your physio rehab and physio homework. Okay, <laughs> like honestly, oh man, people go to see the physio at the NHS, or they pay money, or their insurance pays. They go to see the physio, and then. A month later, they're not better, and you say, well, did the physio give you any exercises or stretches or any treatment to, to follow? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you do it? Well, I did it for a few days. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Of course, you're not mm. any better. So that's the first thing you need to do before you think about the gym is to actually follow the professional advice that you've been given, um, even if it's like boring stuff with a rubber band or a stretch or whatever. It's about just being disciplined. If you want to get back on the bike, if you want to perform again, if you want to be pain-free, then you need to do that stuff. That's what the pros are doing. You know, they don't magically just get better. They do that three times a day, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. they're supposed to be doing. Um, and then as you're coming towards the end of that rehab phase, that's when you then start to overlap with someone like me. Okay, so my guys then, um, maybe they've, let's say, broken a collarbone. Yeah, the whole time they're doing their collarbone uh, or shoulder rehab, they might still be seeing me and we might just be beasting their legs and doing some core and some other bits and bobs. 
But then there comes a point at the end of their rehab for that injury where it starts to switch over and it's like a handover between me and the physio where we're having a conversation where I'm understanding what the physio has been doing and why. And then that then informs me to then start including some exercises to progress on with that shoulder or whatever it is uh, with that athlete, basically. And that's what it's all about. So that handover so then I can start pushing them a little bit harder, but within the boundaries that the physio or doctor has, has given me, basically. Mm-hmm. And do you think physios are, do you think they're switched on enough to say, you know, yes, you should be going and seeing the likes of yourself, Ben, or, you, you know, just don't sit and do nothing, you know, because the old days used to be when you were injured, do nothing. But now oh, yeah, that's nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like anything, Gareth. I mean, there's good physios and bad physios. There's good coaches and bad coaches and trainers and stuff like that. And, yeah, I mean, if you are, you know, going to your GP and getting referred to your local, you know, NHS physio, then you're rolling the dice a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why you shouldn't get a really good good physio. Um but that you might get that physio that's not up to scratch or who, you know, is a little inexperienced maybe uh, and that sort of thing. But if you are a switched on patient as well and maybe tell them I'm working with a coach or it's really important to me to get back to training and things like that, then, you know, you can kind of guide them to get the information that you want as well. Um, And then, on the private physio side where either you or your health insurance is paying, then you're always going to go on a recommendation uh, from, and no doubt if you've got a load of riding mates, then between them, they'll know the local physio who they all see when they fall off their bikes. <laughs> and certainly I, I've got a really great um, physio that I refer to at the gym. So there's a physio clinic at the gym where I work. It's called blue sky physio. And there's this real sound physio there called Charlie. He's a bit of a dude. Hey Charlie, I'll send you a link, <laughs> and um, and I really trust him to look after my clients and to hand them over to me in a like a, a switched on intelligent way, and it and it's very much a, a can do attitude rather than just you can't do this, you can't do this. It's all about what can the athlete do, and that's really important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember the last time we chatted. Um... It wasn't so long after I'd broke my collarbone, I think. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, and you were saying to me, yeah, go to the gym, because I was so, so bored. It was unbelievable. But you were saying, yeah, go to the gym, work on your legs. You can work on some core stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, which I did do. Um, well, my arm was just out of a sling by that stage, I think. I don't think I went into the gym with my arm in a sling. I wouldn't have been that bold. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, so you can do that kind of thing. You're maybe not 100% recovered from your injury, but you can go and work on other specific parts that will help you in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, if someone, if one of my guys breaks breaks a wrist or collarbone, then I'll tell you what, by the time that collarbone or wrist is rehabbed, they're going to have bloody strong legs. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you can train them hard because it's not like I need to worry about them being sore because they're not even going to ride their bike. So I can absolutely just hammer them in the gym, obviously in a smart way, but you can Mm -hmm. really train them hard. 
um, load them up on the leg press and things like that so we don't have to worry about you know their upper body taking the load of the weight and all that sort of business mm-hmm. um and yeah and and it's the other thing which i now rings a bell maybe i did mention in, in the previous podcast with you um where if you do have an injury uh maybe to to a limb so like your left leg or something then you can help prevent uh losses of strength and muscle mass in that injured leg by working the other leg that isn't injured and uh, uh, which is really an interesting phenomenon, but it's been shown time and time again. And it's something that I've applied plenty of times now. So, yeah, left arm's in a cast. We'll continue to work the right arm as much as we can. And it just means that when that cast comes off, the left arm has lost less muscle and lost less strength. Really? Yeah, it's one of the wonders of the human body. Wow, I thought you were going to say that when the cast came off and you started to train your left arm, say, that it would almost think, I need to catch up here quickly to the right-hand side. <laughs> oh, yeah, and don't get me wrong, it will be smaller, it will be weaker, but not as bad as if you hadn't done that other work. That's amazing. Yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? <laughs> wow, that's crazy, yeah. Okay, that that's cool. So let's just say somebody's injured themselves they feel they can go back to the gym or they feel they can go and work their legs say if they've injured their shoulder or a wrist or yeah, something. yeah um so if they haven't got a coach like yourself ben how do they how do they go about that how would they start do they start slow do they just bike what what what's the best method? yeah so good for training with good form i doing the exercise correctly is critical Okay, so if maybe you've had some coaching in the past or you're quite body aware and well coordinated, then you should be fine on your own. Starting with, you know, you've always got to be progressive. You know, you've got to start where you're at, not trying to start where someone else is at who you've seen in the gym or seen on Instagram. And for most people, that is starting off with learning to squat, learning to lunge, do press-ups if your injury allows it, rows if you're in drill out and all that sort of thing uh, and some single leg work like you know lunges step ups things mm-hmm. like that um and and it's about building that foundation of strength and movement and things like that and then you build on those foundations by doing more advanced exercises like starting to pull some deadlifts or starting to lift a bit of weight when you do some squats and things like that or maybe starting to use some dumbbells for your upper body as well as your body weight so starting off is the hardest thing um try and find a, a knowledgeable friend although that can be uh, <laughs> they might think they're knowledgeable but i've seen some car crashes in gyms over the years <laughs> where someone's taking their a well-meaning person's bringing their friends to the gym to show them how to train. And I just think, Oh my God, <laughs> what are you doing? But mm-hmm. you never know. Maybe your mate is different and maybe they're really switched on in the gym. Um, so yeah, so there's loads of videos on YouTube and things like that. Um, and there's obviously different programs talking about out there as well. Um, but yeah, even though, just go on YouTube and type in body weight squat and, Pick one that looks nice to you. And even if it's not the best video on YouTube, it's probably still better than what you were going to do anyway. So, mm. yeah, learn to squat, learn to yeah. lunge, learn to do those things. Just keep it simple, keep it basic, and then build from there. 
Mm-hmm. And just just do it the way you would, I suppose, if you were starting off in the gym for the first time after being off for, let's say, six, seven months with an injury mm-hmm. and you go back to the gym. So just take that same kind of method and just start back easy again? or Yeah, exactly. Uh, and what you'll find is after a big break from training and riding and things is that your ability to tolerate exercise, which in uh, sort of jargon terms would be called your work capacity will be really poor i.e you won't be able to do much before you get really tired and sore and your legs are ache and you'll be sore the next day and things like that and so the first things you need to do are to get moving again obviously to try and you know get yourself moving correctly and make sure you're not all stiff and haven't lost all your mobility but then also to build up that work capacity um, and so you know, you would do maybe 10 to 15 reps instead of doing strength work at lower reps, um, at five reps or something like that. So mm-hmm. you could do higher rep work to start with. Um, you could do maybe a circuit where you just, but not like a beasting circuit where it's like change next exercise, da, 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 where you're smashing it out. It's just take five exercises and do 10 of each just in a row just at a moderate pace where you can work good form take a take a minute take a couple of minutes and then work through it again do that four or five times until you've hit each exercise like 50 reps over the session or something and then you'll quickly start to get that work capacity back and then that work capacity will enable you to do the more demanding work to actually really get stronger which is what you need to do Mm -hmm. yeah and what uh, what would you consider enough training to do after an injury, after you've been out for a while? Is it a couple of days a week? Do you need to be trying to go more? Do you build that up? Yeah, it's all, it's all down to the individual, really. I mean, what were you doing before the injury would be where I'd start with somebody who, who asked me that question. And if they said, well, I rode on a Sunday and I did two gym sessions a week on a Tuesday and Thursday, then I'd say... Well, that's where we need to start, you know. Um, or maybe if they can't ride yet because they're, they're still recovering, but they can train in the gym, then, yeah, maybe do do three a week. There's no right or wrong. It's just about what can that person reasonably do for, a, you know, consistently for a sustainable period of time, basically, mm-hmm. that they're going to be able to stick to and not just have it. So, yeah, you've got to go five days a week, mate. And then two weeks later, they've sacked it <laughs> and they're not doing any any days a week. I'd rather say two days a week and have them do two days a week for 10 weeks in a row because then they'll probably make more progress. Um, and, th- and there's also the supporting stuff. So you could go to the gym for two hours a week, but then have three days a week. You've got a 15 minute mobility routine that you can do on your li- in your living room mm-hmm. or something like that to complement it. Homework, I like to call it. Or right take this rubber band home and you're going to use that rubber band for 10 minutes a day, three to five days a week to do some specific shoulder exercises, to rehab your shoulder, to support the work we're doing in the gym. So there's no right or wrong. I know people always want specifics. They want, what's the best exercise for this? Or how many times should I do this? But it depends how much time, how much energy you've got. Yeah, I because I know there's a big thing about how long you should spend in the gym, and you'll read you need to do at least forty minutes. You, you know, whereas other guys will be doing two hours, and 
you know it gets confusing. So what would you what would you say is a, just a good average time to spend in the gym? Well, I mean, partly because the business I'm in and and that's how my diary works. I mean, most people come and see me for an hour, you know, and mm-hmm. we do a warm up at the start and we, pro- we probably finish. It's probably closer to like 55 minutes, to be honest, because then I always have a little five minute gap between clients and stuff. So uh, and yeah, that's that's enough to get loads done. You, you know, if you know if you've got a plan and you know what you're going to do, then you can get a lot done in an hour. Um, mm-hmm. it may be that, yeah, sometimes some of my, uh, more advanced athletes come in and they can tolerate a bit more work and we need to get a bit more done and maybe they're an hour and a quarter, maybe a little bit longer, but very rarely. Um, but yeah, it, mm-hmm. again, there's no right or wrong. It's, it's how much time have you got? If you have only got 45 minutes between work and picking up the kids from the, from school or whatever, then well, you know what? You you may as well do a forty-five minute gym session, uh, <laughs> you know, because it's still better than rather than saying, "Oh, well, I need to do an hour; or it's not worth it, so I won't go." Well, that's rubbish because you still would have been better off if you'd gone for forty minutes, mm-hmm. even if an hour would be better in an ideal world. You're still better off than not doing anything at all. So, yeah, I guess I'm quite pragmatic like that. I'm I'm very much about meeting the athlete where they're at you know uh, and and i mean athlete in the sense of the pro and yeah the mum or the nine to five worker or something like that you know they're mm-hmm. all athletes and it's what is your lifestyle your budget your energy your motivation what does that allow you to do that's where we're going to start mm, yeah sounds it sounds the right way to go about it, um, for sure. Now, let's chat a wee bit about mobility and flexibility and stuff because with my injury, that's one of the issues I was having. I couldn't, I just didn't have the motion to stretch and, and a lot of the the mobility exercises was giving me pain on my shoulder and I couldn't do it. When would you normally work that kind of thing into your training session? Was it, is it something you'd do separately or would you try and work that into your sessions? So... In general, with um, with my riders, I, I pretty much always do a short mobility routine at the start of a training session. And in that short mobility routine, literally five minutes, we're not really making changes to their bodies that they're going to feel in the long term. That's just trying to make some short-term improvements to the way they can move in that session coming up. Because a lot of them will have driven to the gym or if they're coming after work and they've, they've been sat at a desk for much of the day. And so we're just trying to undo that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, undo that, those postures and that tightness just to help them then to, to train better. But actually doing, you know, if someone sees me once a week doing that for five minutes before training isn't going to really make a long-term difference to their mobility levels. What does make a long-term difference is uh, a little and often approach of, yeah, having that little bit of discipline to do a bit of mobility at home in the evening uh, while you're watching telly or to do a little mobility and warm-up before you ride and also just limiting your time sitting, you know, which is the enemy of your body and the enemy of athletic ability and the enemy of uh, <laughs> mobility is just 
the sheer amount of time that people spend sat on their asses. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that sat in my gym <laughs> on my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's very, very, very true. And uh, I find now if I sit too long on my lower back, I think it's quite sore. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, lumped over a PC as always. Yeah, um, it's use it or lose it with your flexibility and mobility. If you're not using like your range of motion, which if you imagine is like how far you can reach with a limb, let's just say, uh, then if you're not using that regularly, then your body kind of stiffens and tightens up, and then you lose access to that range until you do something to regain that access. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like like everything like strength like endurance like your mental function you know use it or lose it if you're not exercising you lose your fitness you lose your strength you lose your mobility uh and if you just sat down all day on your ass then you lose your mobility mm-hmm. yeah very true that's why standing desks are so popular now yeah yeah and they're all just <laughs> like that they're just one more part of the puzzle you know yeah. and yeah and i'm all for it i'm all for just changing it up and walking around and getting people to take the stairs instead of the lift and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you've just got to move more um yeah even things like, i know we're getting a little off subject but things like these activity tracking fitbits and stuff you know get your steps in mm-hmm. i know it's easy to dismiss that you're like oh you know i'm in my 20s or 30s i'm a mountain bike i'm well gnarly but you know what if you wear one of those and you're doing a thousand steps a day and I don't care how gnarly you are on a Saturday because you're a sedentary person and you need to sort it out. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm not saying that, I'm not judging. Um, but similarly, yeah, people need to be realistic with, you know, their lifestyles and their choices and the effects it will have on their health and performance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, I want to, I want to chat about this no pee and no gain thing. Okay. Mm. Um, I'll just use my experience just as an example. So when I broke my collarbone, I was going to the physio. Um, she told me, yes, you're going to experience pain, but you need to go through the, the range of motion. Um, okay, that was fine. I then went to a secondary phys- physio, um, and he was saying similar but not quite the same. He was saying you don't really want to be in pain when you're doing this kind of thing. And then, as always you go online and you look at people doing stuff on YouTube and and they were saying you shouldn't be feeling pain doing these movements. If you are feeling pain, there is something wrong. So this was rehabilitating my shoulder basically. Yeah. Uh, And it was things like standing, putting, so I I broke my right shoulder. So standing, putting your left hand on a table and then just using your own arms, weight, just swing it back and forth and they were saying you shouldn't experience pain when you're doing that. So yeah. obviously when, when I was doing it, I get pain doing that. So yeah. when when do you know when to stop or when to push through that no pain, no gain thing? Yeah, it, it that is a really tricky and grey area there. Mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, certainly in the physio room is one thing. And yeah, there you've just got to, you've just got to take on board and, and trust the advice, I think, of the doctor or physio in front of you who, who's telling you. And sometimes your rehab is going to be uncomfortable and painful. Generally, if it's like really sharp pain, 
I'd say, yeah, you definitely want to be avoiding that. But there's no doubt that sometimes as part of your, your rehab exercises and movement, it's going to be uncomfortable, um, verging on painful. But mm. certainly then when they come to me and I'm working on that bridging, that gap from rehab to strength, you know, I will always try and avoid training through pain because unless I've been told otherwise by the doctor or physio. So I'm always, you know, maybe I'm trying a, an exercise on them for the first time since they hurt themselves, since their rehab. I'm like, right, we're going to do this exercise. Given what I know and what I've seen, I think that this will be an appropriate exercise. And, and this is how we do it. I want you to tell me how it feels. Mm-hmm. And then they do a couple of reps. Oh, actually, it feels all right. Or, oh, my elbow's uncomfortable. Okay, well, how about we move your hand position? How about now? Can we do it? Oh, yeah, it feels a little bit better. Or alternatively, oh, no, it's really sharp. And then you just got to back off and plan B, plan C. <laughs> Sometimes I get quite far down the alphabet with some of these guys, <laughs> um, which keeps me on my toes, but that's what they pay me for. So yeah. it's all good. It's all good. So, yeah, the, no pain, no gain has its place in the broader training picture. And there's certainly times where, if you want to improve your fitness, then you've got to do some suffering. You've got to go to some dark places mentally and physically. Um, but it doesn't have to be all the time. That's just mm-hmm. part of part of the picture. Um, I don't believe that every session of your normal training should be that intense, that emotionally demanding, uh, that you're just ruining yourself every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And you know... It's just it's just put a light bulb on in my head just chatting to you about it because when I was at the gym and I got I got chatting to another fella who was there um, and he was we were just chatting one thing or another and I was saying yeah I broke my collarbone blah 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 um, and he says well you should go and speak to Sean there now he's a personal trainer um, because he he'll be able to help you through that because this gentleman had broke his ankle. And he had done all his physio and done all this, but he didn't really see real change and benefits until a personal trainer actually helped him out. Okay, cool. Um, so that you know, that's funny because I was as I was chatting to you just before we hit the record button there, uh, my my shoulders got to a certain stage which has improved and improved. I've got more strength back in it, but my range of motion is just still nowhere near where it should be. Yeah, and I'm thinking now, you know, I've done all, I've done this the the physio work for for almost eight months. Um, I barely miss one. I'm I'm really I'm really quite good at doing it. Um, yeah, and sticking to the the plan, but it seems to have got to a level now where it's not getting any better. And maybe I need to take that step with a personal trainer like yourself, and try and move this. Yeah, thing maybe, forward. and just try and like push through. Or the alternative is that, yeah, that you don't want to hear is that something else is going on and, mm. yeah, you need to get it looked at again, almost not back to square one, but mm-hmm. why isn't it progressing? Because, yeah. I yeah, mean, so... If there I there came... are some really great, some very knowledgeable trainers and coaches out there mm-hmm. who, who've got a lot of rehab-type experience um, who can you know, do part of what a physio does and things like that. And they've got that real world hands-on experience of, of 
using exercise and strengthening and movement to help rehabilitate an injury. Um, those coaches and trainers are few and far between. And you know what? I wouldn't even quite put myself in that category yet. You know, it takes a long time to get to that level. And it's something that I aspire to. But um, yeah, and, I, and there's certain things that I could, I can work with and I have worked with and I'm really confident with, but then there's still a whole lot of injuries that I'm yet to see and yet to work with and things like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so for, let's just say for my, well, my purposes and for the listeners, if yeah. I was to come to you, Ben, and give you my history and you were to put me through some exercises, could you identify, let's say, no, Gareth, you need to go and have that looked at again, or you need to go and get a certain scan, or no, you could, I think you can push uh, yeah, through. What, what we, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it's tricky to say, but if you actually came to see me and I ran through an assessment, then off the back of that assessment of your movement, mobility, strength, i.e. what you can do and speaking to you and seeing what hurts and what doesn't, I would I would then be very confident to either say, yes, Gareth, I can work with you. I think I can help you make progress. Or I'm not one for bluffing people. I'd be like, you know what, Gareth, this is beyond my expertise. You need to go and see the physio who could then potentially send you for further investigations if that's what they think is needed or to Mm -hmm. see if that physio can pick up something that maybe someone else missed or or something like that. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky old situation. Yeah, I know it is. And, and one of my guys actually had a similar thing recently where he broke his, well, he actually broke his collarbone racing back in June last year, and it, it got really complicated, all sorts going on. And then the, initially they missed a little something in the scan, and then he had to have, like a cortisone injection and that actually made a world of difference to him it sounded pretty grim it's like a big horse syringe to get right (laughs) get right into your shoulder like you want definitely want to close your eyes for that one and not look at it but uh, and that actually really really sorted him out and then now with the progress has been through the roof but not to say that'd be the case for you but Mm -hmm. it took us quite a while to get to that point and get it figured out properly um Mm. because the body's complicated and even with all the imaging and all the physio and all the doctors and coaches, sometimes it's just really hard to figure out what's going on and how to fix it. And which sucks to hear it, but that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose everybody's different and everybody reacts to treatment differently. Or... Yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah it, Second opinions and stuff is, is always a tricky one because sometimes people with certain uh, out, outlooks and mindsets, they're always looking for a second opinion because they're looking for one that's more favorable to what, to what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like when you ask your, your mum if you can go and play out and she says no. So you go and ask your dad, <laughs> he might say yes. And it's that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. But if, you know, it sound, would sound to me that someone in your situation that you've you've done everything right, you've had a diagnosis, you've then been given a course of action, you've followed that, you've been diligent, you've worked hard on it and it's still not right, well then something needs to change because you you should be better by now. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So it's really for somebody that has an injury and, and you know, that's wanting to get better, obviously, by doing all these things, it's really just being diligent and following what you're told and doing it as well as you can. And Yeah, be patient, and, be diligent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's all the other stuff that goes around it that um, I guess people don't really always think about. Um, but I drill into my guys. As soon as one of my guys gets back from A&E with a cast on their wrist, I'm like, right, I'm sending this over to you. They get a PDF that tells them uh, like a nutrition guide for healing, basically, like mm-hmm. bone healing and things like that. And so, you know, you'll heal quicker, you'll heal better if you're eating really healthy. So, you know, all the normal stuff, like all your veggies and stuff and getting enough protein and all of that. But then there's like extra bits we can do. So, for instance, if they're not a vegetarian, then I would definitely get them on a, a like a collagen supplement or or make if they're into cooking, they can make bone broths and things like that um, to help get the, the things from their diet that they need to heal. You can make sure, you know, you get enough calcium. Because maybe a lot of people don't have any dairy these days um, mm-hmm. because of allergies or the environment and, and all that sort of business. So, right, are they getting enough calcium? Oh, actually, you know what? Well, they're possibly not. So, right, let's try and add some calcium into your diet. Let's get some yogurt in there or some milk in there every day. Let's get a fish oil going so it's anti-inflammatory um, after a certain period of time to help your body to deal with the inflammation and to recover and to build um and then it's right you used to train five days a week and ride 60 70k a week but now you've got a broken collarbone you probably need to eat a whole load less food or you're going to be really fat by the time you've rehabbed your collarbone Mm. Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so right we need to cut the calories but you still need enough calories to heal because healing takes calories but you obviously can't eat as much if you're not riding all that time every every week mm-hmm. and, and so there's all, all this stuff like that that people don't think about they think oh i'm not training i'm not riding i let myself go so they hit the donuts hit the sofa exactly and you know they eat crap food they don't sleep enough you know sleep sleep eight nine hours a night you know um if not more if you're a pro athlete and you want to heal quickly then eat do your rehab sleep you know and mm-hmm. and, and you'll heal quicker because sleep boosts um, like growth hormone, things like that, and which you need to, you know, regrow the muscle, uh, uh, the bone, and things like that. So, yeah, yeah sleep. You've just you've just got to look after yourself. Um, yeah, sleep's a crazy one. I was listening to a podcast with your guy James, the basketball player, and uh, he was sorry? saying James. He's called. G- uh, his surname's James, I think. I can't remember his first name, but he's the okay. new Mike. He's the new Michael Jordan. Everybody. Kinda. Oh, over in America, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, he, and um, he's uh, he's a very very cool oh, LeBron, guy. LeBron. LeBron James. Oh, that's yeah. the dude. Oh, that uh, one with. Yeah, because his coach did that. Pod- was it on Tim Ferriss or something? It, wasn't it probably was Tim, and it was him and his. It was him and his coach were on. Yeah, I've listened to that. Yeah. Yeah. That was so interesting because he was talking about his sleep habits and he tries to get 10 hours a night. Yeah. 
and the and room has to be completely dark and the curtains yeah. pull his phones off all you know crazy yeah but it's not crazy that should be the norm mm. everyone else is is crazy <laughs> do you know what i mean because yeah. uh yeah and, and that's why he's had like the longest career of any uh you know top flight career of basically any nba player at that level and he's still going strong i think you know i'm not i don't know much about basketball but that was the gist of the podcast they're like he spends a million dollars a year on recovery wow. i mean yeah that's bonkers isn't it i mean yeah. and that's that's everything from yeah from from improving his sleep by making sure he always takes his own pillow mm. and mattress when when the team's away playing away to yeah cryotherapy to protein shakes and massage and all of that a million dollars a year yeah That's it's bonkers, crazy isn't it and it was very interesting what you were saying about food because when you do injure yourself and you know you're going to be doing nothing you're not even going to be going to work or whatever uh, it's almost like a right of passage to say right okay i'm doing nothing i can eat whatever i want sure yeah, i'm, I'm just anyway. gonna let myself go <laughs> yeah and that you're just gonna then end up coming back from an even worse place than you would have been you, you just you know you are what you eat and when your body's trying to rebuild itself after an injury like in a very literal sense what's it what what's the building materials the building materials can be like Mackie d's and greg's and you know <laughs> and like processed shite basically or it can be just loads of natural healthy food and it doesn't it's not complicated it's it's fruit, it's vegetable, it's lean meats uh, or fish or other protein sources and some healthy fats and, you know, and, and plenty of water, you know, not too much sugar. It isn't, it, in some ways it's incredibly simple and I know in other ways it's really confusing, but yeah, mm-hmm. you've just got to eat well and look after yourself for, for life. You know, it's just good advice for life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you want to heal quickly then yeah give up smoking that's a good one not many people smoke these days but if you smoke that's been shown to slow down bone healing uh and yes yeah, it's, it's really interesting yeah it certainly is and it's probably something that we don't know enough about really or that it's not in the it's not in the general media enough about how you heal after after these things and yeah i must admit like when when i send my like healing guide over to to somebody and they haven't had it before they're like oh right oh yeah i never thought about that and i guess maybe you wouldn't in some ways it's obvious but in other ways it's it's not i guess but yeah Mm. it hopefully we can help to spread the word i'm giving away more my secrets here Yeah, cool. And what about the mental side of things? Like you've worked around guys that are racing and making it into a career and stuff. How do them guys cope mentally with injury and stuff? Yeah, that's a tough one. And and that's where keeping busy and doing productive things is, is really valuable because they just, you know, like anyone, they just want to be riding. They want to be competing. They want to be improving, you know, because they're driven. Um, and when they can't, it sucks. And, and you know, athletes can get in some pretty dark places when they're yeah. injured. Um, and so doing constructive things, they feel like they're moving forwards, is super important. So it's like I said earlier, 
you break your wrist, but we can still get your legs strong, you know, um, and things like that. And so that's that really helps with the mental game there, uh, keeping positive, keeping motivated, keeping working towards their goals. Um, and even if that's, yeah, like every day as part of your returning to sport, as part of returning as the best athlete you can be, every day you make yourself a smoothie with loads of like spinach and loads of fruit and some collagen powder and some protein powder and, and all this stuff in there. And, and every day that's like your super healing smoothie, you know, and it's like a, mm-hmm. it's just a ritual. It's a daily thing that, you know, is, is getting you a bit closer to, you know, where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's crazy because when I done the collarbone and couldn't go to the gym and, at that stage, I'd been going, you know, I had a really nice routine going and I was really getting in good shape. And then when I suddenly couldn't go to the gym, you know, mentally it was quite difficult. But it actually made me think on professional athletes who do that for a living. And can you imagine mentally how hard it would be knowing that your competitors are going to the gym, they're getting faster, they're getting fitter, they're getting stronger, and you're sitting watching Netflix or something. Yeah. You know, mentally, that must be so difficult for them guys. 100%, mate, 100%. That must be savage. And you know what as well? I don't think mountain biking's too bad for it. I think that we've got a good, uh, quite, maybe maybe quite good ethics in the sport around Mm. the teams and, looking after people, but there's a lot of sports out there and, you know, you're getting injured, you're getting dropped, you know, yeah. and you have to like fight your way back into the squad or you're out of contract. You don't get paid when you're injured. Um, and then you only start getting paid when you're playing again or you lose your place and some people never make it back. Um, but yeah, so, and, and, you know, that's your living as well. That, that might be, I'm injured. I can't pay the mortgage. Um, or whatever it is but and then there's the competition side and yeah you, you hit it on the head there gareth yeah it's a difficult one it must it must be so you know it's almost part of the thing and i'm, I'm sure professionals like do, do you think those guys are riding with small injuries all the time well you know when do they know to say when do they or are they told to say, no, you're not riding the bike, stay off the bike, you have to recover, or are them guys just so career-driven they just would ride through anything? Yeah, I think like if you go to the World Cup or the Enduro World Series, then a lot of those guys on any given weekend are carrying a little knock or something like that, just because of the nature mm-hmm. of the sport. Um, you know, And there'll be a good part of the season where they're not, uh, where they're absolutely, you know, where they're good, but there, there's always something. The longer you do this, you know, the the more that all those little niggles can kind of compound as well. But that's the game, isn't it? That's that's mm-hmm. a sport. It's a savage sport like that, like motocross and downhill um, in particular. Well, and enduro these days, I'd say as well. Mm-hmm. They're just so they're tough, and if you want to compete, if you want to make a career. And sometimes you just got to grit your teeth and ride your bike. You know, you've got to be like G. Atherton and like Velcro your hands to the bars or whatever he did yeah. um, last year. I can't remember which race it was. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's legit. You're a hard bastard, G. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and you wonder, well, the, these guys' mindsets are different, I think, but you wonder how much of that is not wanting to admit you're injured, not wanting to possibly get dropped by your sponsor. You know, there's so many things come into play there. Um, but yeah, a lot of them, I'm sure, are riding with injuries quite a lot of the time. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you you can even take it down to to our level, you know, um, you go. Let's say you'll go to like Morzine with your mates for a week, and on the second day you fall off. Well, and you've got like a niggle. <laughs> it's like, oh, we could just sit it out for a few days, or you know, whatever. You're probably just going to get some tape from the pharmacy in town and like <laughs> tape your shoulder or tape your thumb or whatever it is. Just crack on, aren't you? Because mm-hmm. you're in Morzine for the week. You want to ride, and like, it's kind of the same. You know, they just they just want to ride. They're racers, and they are different to us. Those guys at the top level, they're completely different. Um, yeah, they they want to be competitive. They want to win. They want to ride as fast as they can, and yeah, and that's it. And they don't want their body to slow them down, which is why they do the training in the first place. It's why they then do their rehab. It's why they take risks. Like, yeah, I broke my collarbone and it was going to be six weeks unless I get it plated. So I went and had it plated and two weeks later, it hurts. They're, they're taking painkillers, but they're riding again. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they also know if you crash while your collarbone's broken with a fresh plate in it and you bend it, that you're probably career ender. But people do it because that's, that's the people they are. That's how it is. They're used to taking risks. Uh. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Well, hopefully us weekend warriors don't have to go to that extent. Maybe a couple of painkillers is uh, all we should be really taking. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, like having said all that stuff, like my message to pretty much everyone, pretty much all the time, is always play the long game with things like this. It's really easy to think, oh, I'll just push for it, I'll just soldier on. But in my experience... Uh, that doesn't always work out. I'm a big believer in the long game, in consistency, in everything I do with my athletes. Um, and this, yeah, I'd include this in that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. So before I let you go, Ben, is there anything else you think we, sh- we should be thinking about when it comes to injury recovery? Or Yeah, I guess two, two things. Number one is, I think I've mentioned the word a couple of times but we haven't talked about it is concussion, which is becoming mm. more and more prevalent um, and people are becoming more and more aware of it. And it's something that I've encountered a number of times now with different riders. So one of which is one person I've been working with has been having like really life changing problems, basically that hopefully we're coming out of, but it's not to be underestimated. And this is where, you've got a responsibility to your to your riding mates basically because you know if you see one of your friends take a big digger and they're a bit weird afterwards and they've hit their helmet and hit their head then you've really got a responsibility even though they think they're right to really just force them to go and get checked out um you've got to play the long game with this stuff if you're hitting your head breaking a helmet just go and get checked out even if it's a way turns to be a waste of time it's better to be safe than sorry Mm -hmm. um and then the second one i would say as well is it's kind of a little different it's just that um 
something I've been thinking about a bit more recently is is actually thinking at the trail side about first aid, which is something that not a lot of people that I know or that I speak to ever really give any thought to and about, you know, maybe doing a first aid course or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Literally last month we were riding in Surrey Hills and one of the guys in the group I was riding with broke his pelvis on the hill. And yeah, it was gnarly Gareth. Yeah. Mm. Now, luckily there's quite a big group like older calm heads we all talked it through got him off the hill he's you know <laughs> he's pretty banged up he's in bed for six weeks but he's all right and you know i'm up to date on my first aid for work and i had a lot of first aid training back in the army and i think that we handled the situation as well as we could but it could have been a lot worse, you know, and people hurt themselves all the time. And ultimately it's your mate. It's, it's either first aid to yourself or your mates that are going to determine how that comes out. And mm-hmm. I don't want to kind of put a downer on the end of the podcast that it's been quite, you know, cheerful, even if it's been about injuries, <laughs> but you know what? I, I do think that more mountain bikers need to take responsibility and make sure that you have some basic first aid skills and maybe just a few bits and bobs in the bottom of your camelback that can uh, help you or or one of your friends in a sticky situation. Yeah, it it really is because it's funny. I had me of Baxter on the podcast a number of weeks back, and she's a qualified GP, oh, but wow. she but she's a legend, you know, in the Irish mountain bike scene. And um, I was chatting to her about that because she does when the Red Bull Fox hunts on over here. Um, she does. They just kind of made this this name up for her, but she's called the Fox Doctor. Okay. <laughs> she come she comes down after all the riders just to make sure nobody's hurt. If anybody is, they can get off the mountain. All this kind of stuff just yeah, to get yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and she carries a radio and she radios things in. But she was saying about you know mountain bikers don't carry enough first aid stuff with them. No. Um, uh, and yeah, definitely. Yeah, and she was very keen to to kind of try and get this message out that we really should be even from a simple laceration or something like that, you know, what to Mm. do. And, you know, we just don't really think on things like that. So it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the better like outdoor first aid courses and stuff as well. um, will have like lots of interesting things like kind of like hacks and improvisations, you know, where you can use things, other things aren't specifically first aid kit to to help mm-hmm. somebody and, and things like that um you know like if you we all probably made it at scouts where you you get all your jackets and zip them up and put the sleeves inside out and put sticks through and you can make a stretcher and stuff like yeah. that um, <laughs> but you know what it is yeah and, and we both laugh but i'm sure someone out there maybe even someone listening to this someone's probably done that you know on a hill mm-hmm. on a rainy lake district hillside somewhere or something or you know what i mean um and yeah it's skills and knowledge are always going to be more important than kit and equipment but if you've got the right kit and equipment then that's obviously going to be really helpful as well yeah totally totally well ben it's been great to have you back on sir um how can people find out what you're up to and what programs you're running and doing at the minute yeah so I'm on the internet, obviously, thestrengthfactory.uk, and that gives you a good overview of all the things I do. 
Uh, I do a lot on Instagram. That's like my main social media these days at uh, at Strength Factory underscore Coach, um, and I'm on the Facebook as well. Uh, I haven't changed that yet. I'm still MTB Mike Tango Bravo Mountain Bike Strength Factory on uh, on there. Um, and yeah, I just want to give you guys all a, a little discount code, a special offer as well. Um, I run what I call the Complete MTB Program, which is a monthly subscription-based training program um, where every month you get strength training, intervals, endurance, sprint training, all of that every month for £32 per month. And if you use the code at the checkout, Tribe Strong, all lowercase, no spaces, then you'll get the first month for half price. And that offer expires on the 15th of July. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes for that so you can go and check out exactly what it is and if you've got any questions about it then just give me a shout cool ben that's awesome thanks so much for doing that that's that's great no worries mate no worries i'll um what i'll do as well once you get this out there i'm going to keep an eye on the the social media for mtb tribe for this episode so if you've got any questions about it um then feel free to drop them under there and I will do my best to answer them for you off the back of this podcast. Perfect, perfect, Mia. And uh, my Instagram got hacked, you know. Oosh. <laughs> Is that, really? Is that what you're telling the wife things? You were looking at something funny or what? <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it thought I was using some app. I think it's a bug in it or something. It thought I was using a, a, some kind of app or something which is illegal on their platform, and it's kind of just cut me off. Oh, no. So Okay. It, I can't post anything. I can still like and still comment on other posts, but yeah. I can't. I'm like... sure you can get it unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that them... So that'd be a nightmare if that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. I've sent them a message. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, it's crazy, but you know, when you rely so much on that kind of stuff, this is totally off topic by the way, but when yeah, you rely yeah. so much on that kind of stuff, um, it sucks when it, when it doesn't work. Yeah, I know. It makes you realize how dependent we are, isn't it? And yes, on yeah. all of this stuff, uh, yeah. just just living day to day but i still i i'm defiant in one way i still keep a paper diary <laughs> <laughs> i can't help myself i love just scribbling in it and and i'm actually pretty organized i'm always on time and in the right place so it can't be that bad happy days but happy days well listen here thanks so much for coming on again ben i do appreciate it and uh, i'll stick the the discount code in the show notes and all that and some links to your to your own stuff and things like that so um it's been awesome it's been great chatting to you again but happy days thanks so much gareth have a great weekend bye that's a wrap for episode number 86 folks i hope you enjoyed that and i hope you get some good information out of that and um, I just hope that you're not in that recovery period. Um, but it's it's tough to get through as a mental challenge as well as a physical one. But just keep your chin up. You will get there. Use Ben's great advice. And it will make things easier. You'll start to see progress. You'll start to see the strength coming back. All those good things. And um, you'll soon be on that bike again. So, so keep going, folks. Keep at it. And Ben, thanks again for coming on the podcast. I really do enjoy our chats. And um, you're full of a wealth of information for us guys out there, even the weekend warriors. We need that help. We need that reassurance. And um, it's good to get you on the podcast and uh, have that chat. So thanks so much. Now, folks, if you want to know more about Ben, about the Strength Factory and um, what we chatted about on this episode, just go to the show notes. You'll find those at mtb-tribe.com. Just search for your episode there 
and um, you can get all the back catalogue and all there as well you can listen directly from the website but you'll get more info on Ben's episode and the past episode he done which is episode number 51 and um, you'll get quick links and all there now you'll also find there the special deal that Ben has put on for MTB Tribe podcast listeners you can get 50% off your first month's subscription with the Strengths Factory's Strength and Conditioning Programme it's very very simple to do just go to Ben's website thestrengthfactory.uk click on the Strength and Conditioning Programme and you'll get all the info there and then at checkout just simply enter the promo code which is Tribe Strong, all lowercase T-R-I-B-E-S-T-R-O-N-G Tribe Strong, one word, lowercase and you will get that 50% off your first month subscription. Now it's valid until the 15th of July 2019 and it gives you up to 50% as I say off the first month subscription and then it will be the normal price after that. And I know Ben has been getting really good feedback from that program and he's getting lots of guys on the podium and all as you've probably heard us chatting about on the podcast and so it definitely works and knowing myself what Ben does to help riders and racers and knowing his his uh, courses and programs definitely is worth giving it a shot give it a try you will really really feel a difference on the bike because it is very much bike pacific it's different from just going in and pumping weights and um, if you go to the show notes actually uh, there's a video there in the resources section just at the bottom of the show notes and you'll see a video from Ben there just uh, describing the program in more detail uh, it's good to watch and you'll get an idea of what to expect so thanks so much folks for being a part of the MTB Tribe podcast again this week you can find us on socials of course at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook and my Instagram account got hacked so I haven't been able to use it for like 10 days it's a bit annoying but um hopefully I'll get it back soon I don't know what's happening Uh, Instagram seemed to be doing nothing about it but um, there you go it's one of those things but it's freed up some time for me I must admit not having to post stuff I can like I can comment I can do all that I can't share any posts Um, so if you haven't seen me on there for a while that is the reason behind that but thanks again folks you can always find me on Facebook I'm always there I'm not as active on Facebook as I would be on Instagram but I am there now if you want to get in contact with the show you can email me info at mtbtribe.com I do read all the emails and I will get back to you you can also subscribe to the show just go to mtb-tribe.com go to the subscription section you'll get one email a week I won't bombard you with loads of emails or anything like that I'll be one simple email a week just giving you the synopsis of who's coming on the show and what to expect from that week's episode so thanks again folks get out in the trails this weekend summer's coming And um, I hope you're getting the shorts on and getting out there. Enjoy your ride. Enjoy the trails. I'll see you next week for another MTV Tribe podcast.